Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now, the Subway Final Word. And welcome into the Subway Final Word. I'm Jenna Harner. I call you guys our esteemed panelists every week. I think I need a new word, but we're going to go with that for at least this week, especially because we have a new addition for today's episode. I'm just going to introduce everybody first from 105.9 VX, Mark Madden. Mark, how's it going? Yeah, it used to be that Canada was America's hat, but now America's Canada's shoe, and Canada scraped the Blue Jays right off. <laughs> a surprise for Major League Baseball, for sure, although not necessarily, I guess, a surprise. Next, from AM1250, The Answer, John Steigerwald. John, how's your Sunday going? Good, so far. Uh, we haven't done the show yet, though. Um, and uh, I, uh, I just want to say that I think Maybe it's time for uh, the really rich athletes in the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, even the NHL, to start walking the walk. It's, they have the, the means to make statements, that's for sure. And from our friends and partners at DK Pittsburgh Sports, Dale Lolly. Dale, how's it going? It's going really well. And, uh, you know, we're getting some sports back. Uh, we'll see how long they're back, but hopefully it's uh, for good. And, and we're back to some sense of normalcy. We are sitting here crossing our fingers. I feel like it, it really is. We talk about athletes, talk about the one day at a time approach all the time. That's what it is just in sports. You know, what's going to happen the next day? You talk about sports returning, coming back. The Pirates last night, yes, it was just an exhibition game, but we had baseball at PNC Park all over Twitter. Everyone was just talking about the excitement to be watching a baseball game. I know I was kind of in that boat. We're going to kick things off. Mark, what's your bold prediction for the Pirates this season? Well, first off, I watched the River Hunt, 6-0 winners and 2-0 on the season. Uh, my prediction for the Pirates, to paraphrase Mr. T from Rocky Three, is pain and perhaps a lot of it they got the lowest payroll in the league they have four or five issues with rostered players due to COVID or injury or whatever they got a rookie manager they got a bunch of number three starters no better they got a few starters in the lineup that just don't belong in the major leagues let alone uh playing on a regular basis and despite the best efforts of the pittsburgh baseball media which will stooge for the Pirates and try to make a terrible situation sound better every chance they get. I think the Pirates are going to win 21, 22 games at most. And it wouldn't shock me if they were historically bad, winning perhaps 15 or 16 games. Historically bad. We're taking it to that level. All right. Okay. John, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I mean, if you're asking for a bold prediction, to say they're going to stink uh, is not – that's not that bold. So, I mean, a bold prediction would be to say they're going to win 35 or 40 games. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, my bold prediction is that they will not have anybody arrested during the season. Uh, that'll be a good thing for them. That's one of my bold predictions. Uh, the other, I, this is this is one of the things that's wrong with baseball. I was going to try to come up with something to predict. So Kevin Newman is going to have a bad year. I mean, here's why. This is something I found online. It says here that his hard hit rate, average exit velocity, 
small x SLG and small xw capital OBA are among the lowest in all of MLB. His OOA, which is odds uh, above average, was amongst the worst at his position from qualified shortstop. So I'm going to predict that Kevin Newman is going to overcome all of those letters in the alphabet and still have a good year and hit 300. You are pulling out the stats here. We are doing a deep dive. That's I'm right. Gonna, you know, hey, bold predictions. We asked for That's it. You're you, delivering. You wanted one, you got one. <laughs> Dale, what are your bold predictions for the Pirates this season? Well, I mean, everything Staggy said just went straight over my head. Um, <laughs> They're supposed so. to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and to Mark's point, uh, no matter what they do this season, they're probably going to have a historic, uh, historically low win season because they're only playing 60 games. I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say they're not going to lose 100 uh, because that can't happen. I don't think they'll lose 60 either. I mean, they're going to be a, a 25-win-ish team. That's what they are. That's what they, I mean, going into this season, you had to look at it and say if they won 70 games, that was going to be a good season for this, for this roster as constituted. I mean, there's just nothing bold about this because they made no bold moves in the offseason. Yeah, but 25 wins, Dale, was the Vegas over-under before all these guys came down with COVID or, or got hurt or whatever. And by the way, if that went over your head, you must be playing center field and Stephen Brault must be pitching. <laughs> I play deep, Mark. <laughs> Not that deep. <laughs> hey, we're going we're going way back there um but i mean quickly that you know 25 over under are we all saying under is that kind of what you know the feel is here yeah without a doubt yeah i think there's no yeah. doubt that they go under that number i mean it's just they don't have a roster that that's deep uh adding the dh for this roster means nothing because they don't have anybody capable of DHing. um they might as well have the pitchers hit so it's it's just not a good ball team and you're just you know, Oh, go ahead, John. Four, well, I don't know. I can't do the math in my head, but what's 40% of 60 is 24 wins. Uh, 400 teams, pretty bad. Uh, they might do a little better than that. Yeah, what exactly. evidence possibly points to that, except luck? Yeah. So you want to say that hopefully they come at least around that 500 mark. And it was interesting, too, because the guys were saying that, you know, you win a game, it's almost like you sweep a series. You lose a game, it's almost like you get swept. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how the season dynamics go. And, you know, you get on a little bit of a win streak, all of a sudden they're doing great. If losing streak comes, then things don't look so hot from the get-go. Well, we're going to take – made me pick what was more likely, Jenna, 30 wins or 15, I would say 15. They're coming. Coming into that 15 mark. Well, hopefully – they surprise us all, and that's their bold prediction. Well, coming up after the break, we're still talking some more baseball, and we're talking some NHL. Stick with us on the Subway Final Word. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Subway Final Word. And welcome back into the Subway Final Word. I'm Jenna Harner, joined by Mark Madden, John Staggerwald, and Dale Lolly. We're continuing baseball talk with it just being right around the corner. You know, Mark, I know you were watching River Hounds last night, which 
huge victory for them. First 2-0 start in franchise history. Pretty exciting stuff. But on the broadcast, you heard the crowd noise being pumped in. And at least from my perspective, it seemed very normal. There were little bits and pieces you could notice a little bit, but it felt like a normal ball game. John, I'll start with you. Did you like it? Are you not a fan? What are your thoughts on this? Well, um, I, I watched the game for, you know, for a few innings and, uh, because, and it was, I have to admit it, you know, that just seeing an actual sport taking place was kind of interesting, but they got to do much better than that. Um, that a crowd noise is not going to make it. What I got uh, from the watching it last night is how important fans are to a game. Not, that that should be any uh, brilliant uh, observation. But uh, if you played a Major League Baseball game uh, somewhere out in a, uh, some high school field somewhere or out in the middle of some playground and there's nobody there, it's, it's, just, not, it's just not the same thing. It's just not going to work. Um, the, people will get over the novelty of finally being able to see, see sports. And it really, really, really stinks without fans there. It's depressing. It looks really bad. And again, I know everybody right now is uh, understandably excited to see any kind of a game, but that's only going to last for so long. It, it's actually, I thought it was kind of pathetic. And when they get to hockey, they better come up with something better than just dropping the puck with an empty building. They better do it. They better do a made-for-TV telecast. That was not what uh, that was last night by AT&T. That wasn't made for TV. It was a game, and that was all they did. They shot like a regular game. They got to do better than that. And I know there's people that are still trying. It seems like it is very new in the sense that they are trying to figure it out. It's from MLB yeah. The Show, too, which is just so fascinating. Well, running fake crowd noise was not exactly, you know, something that, that took a lot of time to come up with, I don't think. No, not at all. <laughs> Got to do better than that. Dale, what are your thoughts here? You know, I don't like uh, pumping in the crowd noise or playing it on the broadcast. I, I, I think it's forced. I mean, let, let's be honest. They could open this, uh, you know, they could open PNC Park up to fans they wouldn't have any problem with social distancing. Let's face it. Uh, they, you know, they, 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 with what they draw there on an average night, uh, they could certainly socially distance within that ballpark. Um, I, I get that they, why they don't, why they don't want to do it. Um, but piping in the noise, it's just, it, we all, we're all, we all know what we're watching. We're watching a baseball game without fans at it. Um, you know, I, I would much rather, uh, you know, have players mic'd up or something like that. I know that creates a whole new danger, uh, but you know, this, this is the, the world we're living in. And it's that weird, like, disassociation almost where you're seeing it, you're hearing the noise, and then you look up yeah. and it's like, oh, there aren't fans here. And it takes a <laughs> moment. Obviously, we know that that's the case, but it is that weird little mental lapse there. Mark, are you a fan of this? Are you not? I, I don't care. But I, I will say, regardless of crowd noise, ratings for sports will be through the roof and will continue to be through the roof because we've been deprived of them for so long. I don't think crowd noise or no crowd noise makes one even small, little, tiny bit of difference. Just like the most overrated thing in sports history is do people turn on or turn off the TV based on who the announcers are? They don't and haven't since Howard Cosell. None of the backdrop matters. None of the noise matters. The way it's shot doesn't even matter that much. All people want to see is the game, and that's even going to go more so now that sports is coming back to TV after a long absence. As far as the aesthetics, I watch a lot of soccer, and they've piped in the crowd noise there. It makes the game seem more normal. It's only at a glance, and it's only for a while, but it makes the game seem more normal. 
just trying to give everybody some semblance of normalcy in this completely abnormal times that we're living in. Well, we're going to transition over to hockey. All the NHL awards kind of rolling in this week. Mike Sullivan has yet again not a finalist for the Jack Adams Award. He actually has never been a finalist. Dale, I'll start with you on this one. Why doesn't he get the league-wide respect that he deserves? Because he has a couple of stars on his roster that uh, I think everybody looks at it and says he should be winning games. Um, you know, Chuck Knoll never won the NFL Coach of the Year award in his entire career. He won four Super Bowls in six years. If you have a very talented roster, you very rarely win or are awarded something like this. These are usually given to the guys who had low expectations and made something happen as opposed to a coach who, who you know, actually did something with his roster uh, and, and was expected to. That's just the way it is. And it's an interesting kind of counterpoint, too. Um, Dean, our producer, had been talking with Phil Bork, and Phil Bork made the point that it should almost be great because of the fact that he's managing these stars and their personalities. I mean, Evgeny Malkin can go anywhere in the league and be that number one guy, but you have to manage him and Sid together. It's just a really interesting dichotomy, I guess. John, I'll pose this to you. You know, is he getting the respect he deserves? Well, it's a matter of getting the respect from the broadcasters around the league. That's who votes on it. That doesn't mean he doesn't get respect from the other coaches, which I would, I would guarantee if you asked him, he'd be more interested and what kind of respect he got from players and coaches around the league. But, uh, you know, Craig Berube wasn't a finalist either. Uh, he lost Tarasenko, and uh, Tarasenko was there. Sidney Crosby's a 35-goal scorer, lost him, and he finished with the second-best record in the league from the time Tarasenko went out until the uh, virus blew everything out of there. So he's also as, as deserving as Mike Sullivan, but I, and I also agree with Dale. When you have those two guys on your team, Malkin and Crosby, every year you're going to be expected to win. You're, you have a much better chance of being criticized for not doing well enough than you are of getting a lot of praise for doing a good job. It's expected. That's just the way it is. And I also tell you that Mike Sullivan would not get rid of Sidney Crosby and Malkin so that the broadcasters would give him more respect, I don't think. Well, I'm going to guess probably not on that one. <laughs> Mark, what are your thoughts here? Is he getting the respect? For me personally, uh, every award that's voted on became meaningless in 1989 when Mario Lemieux had 85 goals and 199 points and uh, finished second to Wayne Gretzky in the NHL MVP voting, despite Gretzky having like 45 or 50 less points because Gretzky went to L.A. and made hockey big in California, which I can assure you was not part of the listed criteria for the voting. Uh, scoring titles in Stanley Cups count because nobody votes on those. I'm directly quoting Mario Lemieux on that. So uh, Sully does get cheated, like Dale said, because he has the two great players. I think he's cool with it. He has two cups, like Dale said. Chuck Nolan, everyone coach of the year. The whole thing's a farce anyway. Everybody who knows, knows what a great coach Mike Sullivan is. Seems like he'll take the two cups over this award any day. Well, we're going to take another quick break, but when we come back, these guys have their final word. Stick with us. The Subway Final Word. And welcome back to the Subway Final Word. We're getting right to it. Mark, your final word. Matt Murray hasn't played great since the Penguins won the Stanley Cup with him in goal in 2017. 
Matt Murray had a very ordinary regular season this year with the save percentage under 90. Matt Murray leaked in seven goals in one 50-minute scrimmage uh, at the Lemieux Complex on Saturday. Tristan Jari made the NHL All-Star game this season. I'm not going to say Matt Murray shouldn't start game one because he should. But to act like he's the ride-or-die goalie at this point and that there shouldn't be the shortest leash possible on him is A, living in the past, and B, absolutely absurd. We love a good goalie controversy. John, your final word? Well, Patrick Mahomes uh, signed a contract worth somewhere between 450 and 500 million. That's a half billion dollars uh, for 10 years uh, this week. And he did an interview with GQ magazine, and he said that he wants to be a leader in the social justice movement in the NFL. And uh, he, he's going to team up apparently with LeBron James. This guy's going to make somewhere between 80 and 100 million dollars a year with endorsements and everything else. It's time these guys. It's, it's great that they want to get the NFL to help them promote their cause. You can have a disagreement about the cause or you can agree with it, whatever you want to do. But when these guys are making this kind of money, it's time for them to cough up some serious cash to show that they really, really care about these causes they're promoting. And I'm talking about serious cash. We're talking about making an 80 to $100 million a year. Come on. Not too shabby of a payday by any means. Dale, your final word. You know, I, I've seen a lot of people ripping the NFL because they've gone down to the last minute here on on what they're going to do in terms of uh, you know player protections and things to open training camps. I don't know what people would have expected here though, because think back to two weeks ago, uh, we were walking around without masks. Pittsburgh wasn't shut down the way it is or has reshut down again. Things have changed constantly in this thing. So even if they had to come out with a plan three weeks ago or a month ago, they'd be negotiating right now to change everything anyways. So you have to keep this thing in, in, as fluid as possible. That's just the reality of the situation that we're in right now. It really is just a constant ebb and flow every single day. We don't entirely know what's next. You can hope, you can plan. But at the end of the day right now, sports are pretty much back. They're on their way. I think next week is going to be really exciting to see. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to the Subway Final Word. As a reminder, your local subways are open for takeout and delivery. Thanks so much and have a great night.